Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. You know, the study of prophecy over the years for me has proven the authenticity of the entire Word of God, that it was inspired, that indeed it is trustworthy, and of course, it is worth our study. Well, we're excited now about this unique opportunity to be able to present to you some studies in God's prophetic Word. Might I suggest the book of Revelation? It is the mosaic of Bible prophecy. It's like the picture on the puzzle box. You go to the store, buy a box full of puzzle parts. You come back home, lay them out on the table, and then you turn the cover of the box over to see the picture that all of these parts, when they're put together, will look like. That's how you determine how you're going to put those puzzle parts together. That's exactly what the book of Revelation is. It takes all of the prophetic books in God's Word, they're all the pieces to the puzzle, and it gives you the overall big picture. Might I suggest you begin your prophecy study with the book of Revelation. From my CD series, A Walk Through the Book of Revelation, I would like for you to listen now to a portion of the introduction to our study of the book of Revelation. Uh, now, let me just say one more thing in introduction, and then we'll get into the book of Revelation. There are probably four approaches, are the four most common approaches to interpreting the book of Revelation. The first one would be an allegorical approach, and that, or a non-literal approach, and that would be what some of the early church fathers did. They would literally interpret all of other scripture, but then when they got to prophecy, they would allegorically try to interpret what it had to say. You know what allegory is? It's like a bedtime story. It's a waste of time. It makes revelation mystical. It makes revelation actually nothing, of no importance at all. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You cannot approach it from an allegorical. It has to be a literal understanding of this book. There's a second way of interpreting the book of Revelation. That's a preterist approach to understanding. And maybe you've been hearing some about the preterist lately. What does the word preter or pre, what is a preterist? You know, I am not absolutely positive. The only thing that I can give you is preter probably means well, unnatural, abnormal, strange. Uh, it's an approach that states that all of the book of Revelation was finished in 70 A.D. I told you if you were listening just a moment ago, the book was written in 95 A.D. A preterist has to say it was written and concluded in 70 A.D. That's when the temple fell, and that's what they say is talked about in the last chapters of the book of Revelation. And so it's simply an approach saying the book of Revelation was fulfilled in the early church. And that is incorrect as well. There is a probably closer to the truth approach, and that is an historical approach of interpreting the book of Revelation. And it would talk about uh, everything that has happened from the first coming of Jesus Christ until the second coming. It would bring in the second coming of Jesus Christ. But what it says is that those chapters, especially chapter 4 through chapter 19, are talking about events that have happened through church history. But the problem with that is, Every single one who tries to teach that approach has a different interpretation from another one teaching that. 
There are so many we can't come to a conclusion on what it is talking about. And it has nothing future except the return of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is future in those chapters, those 15 chapters, from chapter 4 over to chapter 19. The approach that I'm going to take in interpreting the scriptures, and which I believe is the right approach, is a futuristic approach to studying prophecy. Everything up to chapter 4, verse 1, has already happened in history. From chapter 4, verse 2, through chapter 19, excuse me, chapter 22, verse 21, is all future. Everything after chapter 4, verse 1, to the end of the book, is all in the future. And that is a futuristic, a literal, a sensible, a normal approach to understanding this book. And so that's the way that we're going to go at studying the book. Now, let me also say this. The book of Revelation is a book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. It presents Jesus Christ in his person, his power, and his program. We're going to look at those, and that's a little simplistic outline if you're going to study the book of Revelation. Any book you study, you probably ought to have an outline. So my outline, at least one of my outlines, would be Revelation presents the person, the power, and the program of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the person and the power first before we start to look at the program in the book of Revelation. Again, we find out who the author is. It is John who is going to receive this information. Look at verse 4. There's a confirmation there. John to the seven churches which are in Asia Minor. And then verse 9. And I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he is going to be writing these things down. Jesus Christ. Christ will tell him in verse 11. Jesus appears saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. And so John, the revelator, is the human author of the book of Revelation. Again, coming from God to Jesus Christ through an angel, passed on to John, the revelator. Now, as we see John on the Isle of Patmos, I believe it's talking about, and and folks, Please excuse me. I've got five sessions. I've got about 45 minutes every session. I'm not going to be able to exegete every single thing in the book. I'm going to try to hit the mountain peaks, the high tops, and just try to wind your clock in getting into your own personal study. I don't care how many times you've heard it. You keep going back to the book. You keep studying it. I have been studying it for ever since 1972. When Jack Wurtson asked me at the house down at the bottom of the hill to teach the book of Revelation, I was so excited. I'd been here for two years, and Jack said, Jimmy, I want you to teach the book of Revelation. I said, praise God. All right. Where, over at the end? He said, no. I said, oh, I'm not going to teach the adults, huh? Well, on the island. I'm going to teach the teen. No. Well, where am I going to teach, Jack? Down at the ranch. You're going to teach the 6 to 12-year-olds there of your mentality, and we want you to go down there to teach. But I want you to know something. That's the greatest thing that Jack Wurtzen ever did for me. It is. He didn't let me teach here. He didn't let me teach the island first. I've been doing it ever since. But he asked me to teach at the ranch, and I had to understand this book well enough to take, as Dr. Ironsides said, take the cookies and put them on the bottom shelf 
so the children can get them. I have young people and adults now all over this world who I taught Revelation in five half-hour sessions down there, and they can still remember and go through my walkthrough. I'm going to give you in just a moment on the book of Revelation. So uh, that has been a thrill to me, but every time I teach it, every time I study it, I get something new. So if this is redundant to you, how be it? Uh, the best way for you to learn is to repeat something anyway. So let's, uh, let's start going. Here on the Isle of Patmos now, John, on a Sunday, I believe, is confronted by Jesus Christ, who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I have always been. I shall always be. I was never created. I will never die. I am the Alpha and the Omega, and I come to you. Verse 11, now write these day, things down for the seven churches. Verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Oh, there it is. There's one of those apocalyptic symbols. Well, look at verse 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars. Well, there it is again. Now, I told you the best way to interpret apocalyptic literature is to keep reading. We see the seven golden candlesticks up here in verse 12 and verse 16. The seven stars in his right hand. Look at verse 20. Here's the interpretation. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And so we have now our interpretation. He's standing among the seven churches are the candlesticks that are symbolic of of these seven churches. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. There he stands, a golden belt, a long white robe, the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ. We see a description. The person of Jesus Christ is what we're looking at. Verse 14. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. It's not necessarily trying to describe his hair, how long, how short it was. It's talking about it being white. That's talking about his longevity and his purity. He is forever. He has never been created. He has always been. He always will be the Alpha and the Omega. This is Jesus Christ. He is forever. One of the names for God is El Olam. Olam, O-L-A-M in Hebrew is forever are eternal. So El Olam, in the name of God, the character of God, the eternality of God, and Jesus Christ, white hair depicting his longevity, his eternality. And he is also pure. It says, though your sins be of scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though those red sins are being blatantly held forth, that red blood of Jesus Christ watches those red sins and makes them as if they're white. And that's all that God can see when he looks through the blood of Jesus Christ at us. So his white hair, his longevity, and his purity. And then also in verse 14, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. I'm going to be teaching Revelation on the island next week. Looking forward to that. And I get to this point, and I talk to those young people. Hey, I don't have to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other. I just simply say you. Whatever you're going to do, you do it. Stop. And just before, in that dark, secluded place, hiding from, look up and say, hi, Jesus. <laughs> because his eyes are always upon you. By the way, that's applicable over here, too. His eyes. Businessmen. When you're in that motel on a business trip, 
His eyes are always upon you. Mom, wife, his eyes are always upon you. That's awesome. You've been listening to an introductory session of the book of Revelation. I hope this has been a blessing to you. If you would like to have a five-hour audio series on CD of my walk through the book of Revelation, you can call our toll-free number. They'll tell you how you can purchase this study. Our toll-free number is 8-PROPHECY-8. Now, that's the easy way to remember it, 8-PROPHECY-8, or that's translated into 877-674-3298. Call or go to our website, by the way, www.prophecytoday.com. Go to our shopping mall, and you'll be able to purchase this cassette series on a walk through the book of Revelation. I can guarantee you, as you study Revelation, you'll realize that we're living in this book, that the rapture of the church is quickly coming to pass, that the shout could happen at any moment, and we would be caught out of this world to go to be with him forevermore. By the way, that could happen at any moment. I think I've said that. And if that be the case, I have nothing else left to say except let's keep looking up until...